Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. And on this show, normally we're discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter. But today we are back with another, more entries from the Dune Encyclopedia, our little mini-sodes. We got some really good stuff for you guys today. We some do. Some really outlandish nonsense as per usual. I think today today is the biggest example of the person writing this book was like, I have to come up with some content for yeah. this book. Yeah. yeah. I think for both of us, that is the case. Yes. Like, oh, no. <laughs> There's only oh. so much Fremen, you know, ideology that I can, the nitty gritty of Fremen life that I can get into. There are only start. so many nuns on sex vacations that we could talk about. He even ran out of Duncan's Idaho. I know. So many Duncan's Idaho's. Oh, so many. <laughs> I haven't explained Duncan Idaho yet to my child because um, she yes. just is still getting around the he turned into a giant worm thing. Yeah. Uh, of the books. So listeners may remember that Megan's daughter is very interested in uh, wanting to know just what the deal is with Dune and has a lot of opinions. Uh, she did, um, like, her her biggest thing is still the spin that I did tell her that he has a cart mm -hmm. or that he rolls a around. Cart. Yeah. And she was not impressed by either behavior. She's like, worms can get around. Why doesn't he just you know, mm -hmm. worm along from point A to point B. Uh, I don't know what it's actually <laughs> called when worms move. It's probably just crawling, but I have always called it I worming. It... So <laughs> Slithering, I guess. No, crawling. Are they slithering? I don't know. I mean, crawling, because crawling does imply arms, but Leto does have arms. What if, what if he's moving like an inchworm? <laughs> I mean, inching. That's what I call that. <laughs> what if that's what he does? Oh, no. Okay, hang on. I'm looking it up. Uh, what do you? <laughs> yeah. What do you call the way worms? This is the most ridiculous syntax. <laughs> worms move. <laughs> Let's see what. Oh, okay. our friend Google. Oh, it's called earthworm locomotion. Well, I'm not saying all that. <laughs> um, no, it is. It's called locomotion. <laughs> like the song. Yeah. They're doing the locomotion. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. <laughs> At last, we know who's doing the locomotion with Kylie. <laughs> uh, kiddo did want to know, because I told her his name was Leto 2, and mm -hmm. she wanted to know why his name wasn't Leto 100. Well. And I was like, well, because he's the second person. I mean, he's the third, but I wasn't going to get into yeah. that. Named Leto. And yeah. But I think she just figured that once he did the whole, like, turning into a worm and becoming emperor thing, he should have, like, given himself a cool new number. Oh, sure, sure. You know. Like how popes get new names when they yeah. become popes. Yeah. You know, and 100 is kind of, you know, about where she can count by tens at the moment. <laughs> so, like, she's like, there you go, Lido 100. I mean, it does have a ring to it. I do kind of like Lido 100. I do. It's it sounds like some kind of home cleaning product or something, but I enjoy I, it. I do. I, we discussed this last time, but I do wish that he had had to interact with more children. 
Oh my god, I can't even imagine those poor kids. Well, one, it would be horrifying, traumatizing, traumatized. But I, yeah. I would love for him to just meet like a, a six-year-old who would just be like, it, it would be like, why are you a I worm? Don't I don't know if I would enjoy that because like that was my thing with like Star Trek: The Next Generation. Every time there was an episode that revolved around kids, and in those later seasons, there were a lot of those mm-hmm. episodes. I was just like, no, I hate this. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that- I wouldn't want to watch the way it. that Jean-Luc Picard is around kids I can imagine that would be pretty much the same for Leto maybe a little scarier <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things I always loved about Picard is that he couldn't stand kids and I was like finally this guy gets it <laughs> no offense to your child I'm sure she's great <laughs> you know me just kids in the broader context I I don't have time for it I would like to just branch off of that for a split second because uh-huh. I I think I sent this to you on TikTok, but there was oh some boy. ad for various Star Trek programs that was, um, there were like little interview questions for various cast members. Mm. Yeah. Um, Gates McFadden looks fantastic. Oh my gosh. She looks so good. Like I was watching it kind of half like, oh, I wonder who's on this video because I don't really keep up with any of the the current Star Trek programs, and mm-hmm. then I was just like, what, like, mm-hmm. ma'am? <laughs> yeah, she's looking really good these days. I love her silver hair. Yes, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, there's some fillers there, but no judging. You know, nothing well, wrong. You with know, that. my thing is always. Because then there's always going to be someone who's like, well, she's had work done. It's like, yeah, but it's so, good work. Yeah, it's good work. I mean, she looks great. Like, you can't get she's good happy work. With her. I mean, as long as she likes the way she looks, who fucking cares? Exactly. But I think yeah, that, you but know. No, she looks great. People always asso- want to associate any kind of plastic surgery with like a completely, you know, overdone, like too many mm. facelifts kind of thing. It was kind of like when people lost their minds over Renee Zellweger's plastic surgery. And here's the thing. I thought she looked good. I don't I mean, know. I didn't think she looked terrible. I didn't think she looked terrible. And I could tell she was Renee Zellweger. People were acting like she appeared on stage and it was like, who is this stranger? Yeah, they acted like she was Jennifer Grey after her nose job. Yeah, and it was like, um... <laughs> she's, still... she's obviously still Renee the Zellweger. same person. Like, God, once she starts anyway. talking, you're like, oh, it's Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Um. So shall I go first? Yes, I'm very excited about yours. Mine is, I will, I'll be honest with everyone, mine is mostly a list, but... I I mean, we are phoning it in a little bit today, but, you know, we're still getting our sea legs back. Not us. Not Not Let's Get Weirding. (laughs) Not the most dedicated podcasting team there is. (laughs) I mean, you had to remind me that I was 10 minutes late, so... (laughs) Uh, Okay, so my entry for today is Imperial Poetry... This will be between the years 10,000 and 10,400. No period in the history of literature has ever been more praised for its accomplishments than the four centuries following the turn of the 11th millennium. Now, I'm just going to interject here and say when I read these poems to you, you may doubt (laughs) the validity of that statement. (laughs) Yet far more... Yet far from springing like wildflowers from a single stem, a metaphor that expresses well 
the first half of its period. No, it doesn't glories, at all. That's a terrible metaphor. Not at all. It's very bad. <laughs> the glories of the second half are like a garden full of artificially transplanted and carefully nurtured blossoms. No. Which sounds are... to me, that just sounds boring. These are the worst metaphors. Mm-hmm. As the metaphor implies. Nope. <laughs> the the period falls easily into two halves, the first spanning the final two centuries of the reign of House Carino, and the second uh, initiating the rule of the Atreides. Now, I'm going to skip because there's a lot, there's a lot of, like, background information. I'm just going to skip ahead and read some poems. And can I say uh-huh. that love the Atreides, though I do, mm-hmm. I would not want to hear their poetry. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, like, oh boy. I bet uh, Paul had a, some some good some good shit when he was he was a Some team. good verse, yeah. <laughs> some pose. Um prose rather, not pose. Pose. Very good TV show. Not so much a poem. Okay. Um <laughs> one of the most famous lyrics of the time is The Earthquake, written by the Carino court poet Hinor Centrax which is the name, I suppose. Late in his life, after a mild tremor had been found at the court of the Kaitane, on Kaitane in 10,159. This doesn't make any sense. Anyway. <clears throat> As an omen, the tremor, rare to a geological stable world, oh, geologically stable world like Kaitane, sparked much popular anxiety. So I'm guessing it was a big earthquake. So it was a tremor. Get A tremor deal with this people yeah maybe now, they I don't want to call it earthquake because it's not earth but maybe you know anyway understand now i can get oh, oh it's a tremor like kevin bacon tremor. that'd be amazing <laughs> oh my it's god worms, so many worms <laughs> um it's a graboid uh they earthquakes are one of those things like i've never like knock on wood i've never been in a huge earthquake but i've been in in mm-hmm. a bunch of earthquakes and yeah. I'm just imagining that this was just one of those like your 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 light fixtures swung for about five yeah. minutes, and this yeah, guy's and like, everyone... I must write poetry. <laughs> it's the end of the it's the end of all things. It's time for a poem. Okay. Uh, da da da. Note the sense of a new creation expressed in the concluding lines. Romalina was a resort near the capital in which Centrax was staying. Giving, in, giving instruction in poetry to vacationing courtiers. He's the white um, lotus. I love it. Okay. So here is an excerpt from good old Centrax. Um, t- I'm sorry. I'm titled sorry. Titled The Earthquake. His name is Centrax. S-E-N-T-R-A-K-S. I know this. I'm laughing at his poem. I mean, yeah. He's the court poet. Oh, go, okay. So here we go. It was in Romalina that I found firsthand my knowledge that the earth could shake like a drying dog. It seemed the quake or tremor rather started as a sound as if a thousand sprinters stamped the ground in rattling unison. The mad mistake of ancient strata made its break with the sane surface slowed like a watch unwound. Outside the palace chamber lay a gravel plot with stones heaped straight in regimented rows that went unseen from being plain in view. At the class's end, I stopped my work and thought I saw as one 
who saw creation knows the stones like primal earth spread flat and new. It's hot, hot stuff. Um, wow. He makes, he makes the effort to rhyme. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, okay. <sighs> Moving on. A second example of the odd warnings of onrushing change that poets, as the intuitors of their culture, I I mean, in a culture where there's prescience, do we really call poets the intuitors of their culture? Okay, I guess they do. Um, Felt comes from the work of uh, Dwydir Kazanet. Kazanet, whose poetry was unpublished in his lifetime, was an overage junior officer on Illyridan a fief of House Castar in the garrison of Loningrod. These are all just words. <laughs> These are all just things you're having to say. I like yeah. that we have to know that he was too old for his rank. Yeah, but he was also junior? I don't know. Uh, he was one of the most decent men serving in the ranks of those monsters of perversion. Oh. Jesus. His poem, 93, evokes questions that cannot be answered because they cannot precisely be stated. That doesn't make any sense. These questions cannot be the contradiction of Kazanet's commission on Illyrid, Illyridan army. Oh God, this is so like, this is so much words. Uh, because that quandary with what an honest man can do in an evil system was clear to Kazanet, even if the answer was not. Okay. All right. So, here we go. This is the poem 93 by the poet Kazanet. Okay. Uh, with rank and fame and comfort all the best, a hatchet strikes and hews my ribs of trees. Deep sounds knock soft in bone-bound chest. Its hidden contents stir. Lost are its keys. There is a question missing on the test, and yet the answer should spring with ease. To be bewildered brain... I've rung and pressed to decipher the hollow guts and shaking knees. And I face fate in the game chest to the last pawn I lose in aged lees of life and all my days and nights I quest the missing piece to pay the unknown fees. But keys and test and pawn point to a space gapped in this partial man, unfull of grace. I like that and one that better. Is, yeah, that one's a little better. Yeah. It's it's not it's not you know doesn't it's quite not have rhyming the, uh... couplets about an earthquake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that is, um, you know, there's a few more examples, but I think it's good to leave off on a banger like that. So uh, there are some some. Oh, should I read a poem that someone wrote about Leto? Yes, Leto too. Uh, okay, this is from. Okay, da, da, da. no sketch, however brief, of the poetry of this time would be complete without mention of Dizir Ashkiti, who occupied a singular position among the early Atreidian poets. He began in 10,214 as a minor functionary under the regency of Alia and was alone among the poets in the time of knowing Leto II and Ganima personally. Uh, he felt a genuine affection for the growing t- twins beginning with his birth poems, a pair of works celebrating their birth. Uh, this poem was written for Leto, is provocative in the view of the emperor's later reign, which, how would this person know? Mm, well, they asked <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 
If they were around from the beginning of the reign, how would they know? Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Leto. A child newborn, testimonial to man, moves in powers of potency like clouds. With no hint yet of future shapes, sets bells in the philosophic mind ringing. Echoing in the lower depths of birth's mystery, the sound, radar-like, reflecting on the child. A Delphic simplicity surrounds the child, of unheard oracles foreshadowing the man, the guilt of whose actions will smudge the mystery, of his boring, borning blamelessness like hanging clouds. But now at this time of the matins ringing, he is not menaced by those dark shapes. Uh, this poem goes on a really long time. <laughs> so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I will read this one line that I enjoy. Oh, glory of glory was a fraud and then kill a mystery. I like that. That one's good. Yeah. It's, it's not too bad. Yeah. They, they'd say is that they don't know if he also had some sort of prescience or if he was mm -hmm. just like bullshit. Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll never know because Astiki died, uh, at the height of his powers, mistakenly killed by a palace guard on the night following an unsuccessful early uprising against Leto. Yikes. Yeah. So that's Imperial poetry. Um, you know, eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard worse. I mean, it's not Bukowski. Ugh what is not um, i know right <laughs> yeah no i mean I've so we have that to be thankful for <laughs> i've definitely heard worse um mm -hmm. but this is an example i was saying this before we, we started recording of this mm -hmm. being the kind of thing where they were like we have to fill this with something and we have to write yeah. poems <laughs> and someone oh, wrote poem. yeah <laughs> Because it's not easy to write poetry, and it's not easy to write poetry and make it sound like other people, mm, you know, because if you're going to talk about how there are different eras of poetry, you can't just write four poems that are all kind of the same. Yeah. Know? So you have to be like, oh, okay, this is what this would have been. This, And I like that once the poetry got further along, it became more, I think, what people tend to roll their eyes about thinking is poetry with lots of just like, it's all metaphors. Mm -hmm. uh, I am very guilty of that when I write poetry. Yeah. I am very big on the, why would I just tell you that I'm this when I could like use several words to describe it more <laughs> spookily. <laughs> like, wow, this art. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Although to be fair, I wrote lots of just rhyming couplet poetry in my youth. I used to write a lot of poems about murder of course. Um, like, I don't know <laughs> if I thought I was writing murder ballads or what I thought I was doing, but I was just like, this is a real, it's a real niche I've got it here. It sounds like you. It does, yeah. <laughs> I would write these poems and just be like, look at this. I'm sure poem. I, I'm sure I have some of my teenage poetry, like, within reaching distance at this moment, but I <laughs> will never be drunk enough to actually read that. I will say that the only thing, and this isn't poetry, but I was disappointed last year because I was in a writing uh, contest mm -hmm. and it was for flat, flash fiction. So it had to be, mm -hmm. you know, certain, it had to be short. And my first story made it through to the next, to the next round. 
And then my next mm-hmm. one didn't. And at first I was really disappointed, but then I read the notes from the people who were judging them and I thought all the notes were stupid. So I was just like, <laughs> I don't care now. <laughs> yeah. It was just a lot of, they wanted a lot more things spelled out and it was supposed to be spooky. So I was like, well, it's not, I'm not going to spell it out if it's supposed to be yeah. spooky. Like that makes it not spooky. Yeah. <laughs> like it's no you longer tell them. creepy <laughs> if I explain everything that's happening. Exactly. And that was a lot of the commentary was like, well, it was never explained. Like, well, it's, it's not kind supposed of the to be way explained. It's about a haunted that, basement. Yeah, it's kind of the way about like a super detailed sex scene will not will be have the opposite effect. Yeah. Like if they're just really technical about it, oh my God. then it's like, oh, <laughs> I don't need to know all of this. <laughs> I yeah, I've definitely read some where you can tell particularly in fan fiction because these aren't I mean not you know professional writers who've like done this a lot Mm -hmm. or like have had like workshops or things like that you do get a lot of people who don't they don't want to like use what they think are like off-color words Mm. they're like I don't want to say cock so I'm gonna say penis and it's like no it's that's that's exactly what I'm talking about like it's so much worse to say penis. penis Oh, his penis. Ugh. Yeah. Just what a ugh word. It's like, I get that you don't, like, that's not maybe a word that you say, like, frequently. And that's fine. Like, I don't. Just call like, a cock I, a cock. That's what they are. It's like, I don't think I use that in, like, everyday vernacular. But also, like, mm. you're not writing something that's everyday vernacular. Like, you're writing a sex scene. Just, like, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> this Just is when you're that. supposed to do that. <laughs> Loosen up a bit. But then that you do get them where they're so the opposite of detail that you're like, I don't know what's happening now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you having sex? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm, I'm usually like, even if I don't write it in detail, I'll be like, you know, <laughs> then they had sex. <laughs> not, not quite like that, but, you know, <laughs> a little more literary than that. I recently had to stop reading a, a fanfic in the middle of a sex scene because the... Uh, the the lady uh part of the equation like just I forget what it was now but yelled something that was just completely like why would you ever say that sentence that's the most <laughs> awkward thing I've ever heard <laughs> I hate it when they do that it's just like God Come it was on, just like there's... all of a sudden she was yelling like this sex is good sex and I was like oh. that's not nope Mm-mm. no people don't do that people don't do that and also I mean I'm not gonna say that it was Last of Us fan fiction but it might have been and like you can't just be making all that noise that's right there might be a clicker nearby exactly you don't want to give that shit away I mean to be fair that's also you like you probably shouldn't have been having sex in this situation in the first place absolutely not it never that's stopped. even worse than Walking Dead honestly it never stopped anybody on The Walking Dead no it didn't <laughs> <laughs> Those crazy kids. We're just so what doing do you have for us to today? Uh, so what I have today is the entry for Faith's Responsible for the Orange Catholic Bible. Okay, so this is who I send my complaint letter to. Uh, and this is... So they had to make up a lot of church <laughs> names. Sure. I love and this. I'm so excited. There's so we're going to go 
here we go. So it's it's it tells us that this list is taken from the flyleaf of the first edition. I never pictured the Orange Catholic Bible having a flyleaf. Yeah. Um. Like I always pictured it as being like you know a big old tome, but I guess it is just like you know finding a Gideon's mm-hmm. in your hotel room. Sure. Uh. So we have the. Ahmadiyya Christian Council. Okay. The Assemblies of Allah. All right. Astronomical Christian Observers. <laughs> okay. Baptismal Cosmotheists of Shingen. What the fuck? <laughs> the Belt Hypostatical Program. This is all starting sure. to sound like stuff that people were involved in and like the Expanse. <laughs> No, I was going to say, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like in the, like, old magazines, how they would, like, talk about appliances of the future. That's what that sounds like. (laughs) But, like, these are all, like, I feel like on an episode of The Expanse, someone was like, oh, I'm a belt hypostatical program. Yeah. Like, that's Uh, my religion, obviously. I can see that. (laughs) Ben Kalasim in Gangashir. The Bakhti Mm -hmm. votaries. Sure. The Black... Vedanist Conclave. I like that. The Buddhist Pali Movement. Mm. The, Not a polyamorous Buddhist, sure. The Buddhist Islamic Christian Church of Sikkun. Mm-hmm. The Buddhist Islamic Jain Faith of Lenkavec. Is that just uh, Buddhists that are super into Austin? or? No, I believe it's a mixture of uh, Buddhism, Islam, and uh, Jainism. Okay, there you go. The Calvinistic, the Calvinistic genetical determinant elect body incorporated. <laughs> you, you always want your, your your religious sex to be incorporated. The Cape Separatist Union, no capes. <laughs> <laughs> Cape or no cape? <laughs> the Catholic Church of Ez- of Erzuli. Okay. The Catholic Protestant Tribe of Derry. Oh. <laughs> That's just my family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Catholic <laughs> Zen Vistern Council. Mm-hmm. The Christian Zionist Pilgrims. Ugh. The Church of Eurasia. Mm. There's still Eurasia? <laughs> Yeah, really? <laughs> Church of the Holy Atta. Uh, the Church of Selene, I'm in. Uh, yeah. Confucian Statists of the Imperium. I like the, that. The Congregation of Molitor. I don't know if that's a place or a person. <laughs> the Cosmic Charismatic Movement. Oh, I love that. That sounds like a proper cult. It does. <laughs> The that sounds like some polyphonic polyphonic spree shit right there. <laughs> oh my god, the polyphonic spree. The cybernetic they... reformed churches. Robots, yeah. I guess. Cybermen. <laughs> the diasporic council of rabbis. Okay. The unimitical sectarian council. The Episcopalian Methodist Church. Wow. Good old Episcopalians still out there. And they mix with the Methodists. Wow. The Evangelical Missionary Campaign on po- on Position 1. Don't know what that is. <laughs> Missionary. <laughs> First base. 
<laughs> the Faiths of Beula. Sure. The Galatian, Galatian Orthodox Church. Yeah. The Galactic Spiritual Assembly of Baha'is. Oh, God, yeah. Baha'is, huge. The Great Mother Church. Mm-hmm. The Grumman, We've already seen the affirmation, aforementioned Great Mother. The Grumanian Orthodox Establishment. The Hasidic Lutheran Dynasty. What? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the Hasid Islamic Union. Okay. The Hellenic Orthodox Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. The Hina- Hinayana Buddhist Way. Okay. The Ikebana Shaktist Order of Anthos. Yeah. The Jain Buddhist Assembly. The Jainite Foundation. More Austin fans. Okay. The Jerusalem Urbanite Citizens of Newark. Not Newark. <laughs> Newark. <laughs> the Jesu- Jesuitical Evolutionist Church of Chardon. I'm trying to wrap my head head around those two <laughs> phrases. The Kubebe Being together. The Kubebe cultist of Comos. So they just spelled uh-huh. it out. Yeah. We're they're full. They're all in. Yeah. The Latin revivalist ministers. Oh. Lycan universalism. <laughs> Lutheran Amida worshipers. The Lutheran Catholic United Church. So weird. The Mahayana Buddhist Union. The Mahayana mm-hmm. Christian Temple of Enfield. The mm-hmm. Mahayana Lankavatara Friends of Truth. The Mahayana was busy. The Modified Hanuman Church of Singe. The I Wa- like that. <laughs> I actually like that. <laughs> it sounds like a really fun, like, I don't know, it sounds like a game or something. The Mod Quran Faithful on Kaladin. Mm. Muslims, Muslim... Fadiists on the Naraj worlds, the Nava mm-hmm. Christian Church of Chisuk, the Nebuloid Dervish Spire. <laughs> I think that is also a band, like the Polyphonic yeah. Spree. <laughs> the Neo Maimonodist Rabberate. The New Philadelphia yeah. The New Philadelphia Friends Yearly Meeting. Quakers still out there. Quakers in space, <laughs> <Love> baby. <laughs> space Quakers. They are still here. The Omanian Veronationists reformed. Okay. The Orange Protestant Army of True Believers. <sighs> the Ortho-Catholic Circle of Sigma Draconis. The yeah. Orthodox Gregarian Chantry. Pal-Islamic Fellowship. They're real friendly. <laughs> the Pan-African Reformed Churches in Union. The Ramakrishna Gospel Mission to Bayarek. The Ray Space Worshippers. Oh boy. The Roman Catholic Episcopal Church. Ayo. Ayo. The sacerdotal hermit Hermetitis of Bella Tagus. What the fuck? The Servants of Light, Olaf. So I assume they worship the snowman. Yeah. The Socratic Christian Dialogists of uh Four An- Anbus. I don't want to go there, man. I do not want to go to Four Ambus and meet the Socratic Christian dialogists. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> That's I live a with a philosophy major, major, and it's enough. And I chose that life, so. 
the Salarian centrist tradition, the Space Mm. Baptist mission. Uh, (laughs) Space Baptists! (laughs) No. The stellar deist watchman of Ix. The Sug-Islamic congregationalists of Tupali. The Sunni Orange Cooperative. The Sun Sufi chapter of Kadrish. The Mm -hmm. Talmudic Zabir followers of Seleucus Secundus. The Tantric Rhythmists of Raichis. Hello. (sighs) Oh boy. I'm afraid. Taoist Pilgrims in Space. (laughs) That's what it's called? Taoist Pilgrims in Space. What? (laughs) They were getting real low. Real low on this one. Oh, (laughs) wow. The Taura Collegiate Seleucus Secundus. The Tendai mm. Fundamentalist Church, Tenri Kayo Silence in the Science in the Galaxy, the Tenth Day Adventist Church of Rapid, the Terran Orthodox Church of Novabrun's Planet, mm. the Thomasian Faith. Who's Thomas? <laughs> Which Thomas? What Thomas? Yeah. <laughs> the Unitarian Galactic Church. Sure. The United Church of Rosak. The United Moravian Assemblies. We still have Moravians? Amazing. <laughs> the Universal Hindu Faith Headquarters, Hagal. The Universal Pantheist Religion. The mm. Vatsiana Evangel- Evangelical Mission, Position 3. The, vi- <laughs> the Visionaries of Los. The Vivi Christian yeah. Disciples. The Voodoo Reformed Cult. I, like I was going to say... I like these ones that are just like, uh, we're a cult. I, I do enjoy that there have been several mentions like of voodoo. There was one that was like something Loa yeah. earlier, and I was like, oh, interesting. The White Kirk of McLean. Oh, very Scots. The Zabulonian Mennonites. We've still got Mennonites in space. Yeah. The Zen Baptist Union. Mm. The Zen Heki Gashnu faith of Three Delta Pavonis. The Lots Zen, of Zens. The Zen Shintoist Imperial Church. The Zen Zuni mm. Catholic Amalgamation. The Zen Zuni Wanderers, our old friends. <laughs> and the Zoroastrian Duelists of Tupile. Wow. Um, That's a lot. Taoist pilgrims in space is the best thing I've ever said. That is incredible. No notes. Can't top it. I just. Taoist pilgrims in space. Mwah, chef kiss. I, so good. I love particularly the ones that they chose to put were still around at the time <laughs> of the writing of the Orange Catholic Bible. Like. Good old Lutherans. Mennonites and the Quakers. Yeah. It's like, all right, <laughs> hey. How does, yeah. it work, how does it work to be a Mennonite if you live in space? <laughs> Good question. Like, I don't... Oh, also, when I explained what the Dune Encyclopedia was to my daughter, she wanted to know if it had ponies in it, and I was like, there are no ponies in Dune, so... <laughs> Aww, regrettable. Yeah, no unicorns either. Also regrettable. So I don't think she thinks much of Dune. She's like, hmm, I don't have very many... <laughs> requirements but it's failed them all <laughs> it's really going to be an interesting episode of uh let's get weirding junior <laughs> it's just it's just going to be like you know 20 minutes of your your daughter just reading us for filth oh my god <laughs> 
She'll want your husband to come in. She'll be like, I have some things to say to you. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> she wanted to talk to him the other day. But... <laughs> Why do you keep bothering my dad to play games? I don't remember what she wanted to talk to him about, but it, like since, Bi- since Billy was talking to him, she was just like, give me that. Give me those headphones. <laughs> Uh, I'll talk he's to this the guy. best with kids. I am not. He's very good with kids. I'm, you know, I'm me. And I apologize for that. There's nothing I can do about it. But he's great with them. Me, not so much. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he'll want to get on, you know, the other side of gaming with my daughter, who recently, while running around on some <laughs> game, yelled, show yourself, nerd. <laughs> oh, he definitely would. So, I don't know if <laughs> Her words might be too hurtful. <laughs> Possibly. But yeah, so I, I just I had to go with that list because I was like, someone had to sit down. It's very good. And be like, I got to come up with 101 <laughs> religions that still exist in the future. But they can't just be the ones we already have. Uh, so we get Taoist pilgrims in space. Some of those, you were just like, I don't know, um, in the galaxy. I just don't know. <laughs> Oh my god, amazing list. Amazing. Oh. Uh what would you listeners, I'll ask you, what would you name your religion in space? Mm-hmm. What is your contributing religion to the Orange Catholic Bible? Uh are you I'm going gonna call to us, I'm gonna offer one. I'll say I'm the seventh day Greta Garboists. Just cause? Yeah. We're it's like all a canticle very... for Leibowitz. They just they found a yeah. poster and we're like, this must yeah. have been a god. Yeah, we're just all very glamorous. To be fair, if I just saw a picture of Greta Garbo, I'd be like, this must have been a goddess. Yeah. It's Greta Garbo. Just, yeah, we're just all hot and bisexual. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's the world. That's the galaxy I want to live in. I mean, to be fair, I think that's also the expanse. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah it pretty much is oh try to think of a single person on that show who would not have had sex with someone of the same sex or gender yeah. as them and i'm like I mean, nope I'm can we talk for a second about drummer oh, oh my god I would, I would build a religion around drummer she would not appreciate that but no she wouldn't but mm. i mean my god <laughs> She's so hot. <laughs> People would just show up on that show and you'd be like, excuse me? Excuse me? What are you? Excuse me? How dare <sighs> you do this? Yeah. It's mm. like every time they were just like, what if we had a scene? Hey, where... and here, we're going to get Amos to take his shirt That's off That's what I was going to say. Like, what if apropos Fuck. of nothing, Amos just has his jumpsuit unzipped to his freaking Adonis belt? Yeah, and is like very like kind of hairy top chest. Oh, and no mm. one's ever just like Amos, please, dude. That dude. I'm telling you, like dude. the Expanse is a bisexual buffet. I was just always very fond of how many times, this, like how many scripts they must have been like flipping through, and it was like <laughs> Amos takes off his shirt. <laughs> Amos unzips unzips his jumpsuit because <laughs> he's Amos and he does not care. <laughs> oh god i love any character in any fiction who will just be like sitting eating dinner and then be like hey want to have sex yeah 
I really appreciate that. <laughs> I that's always just the best kind of like the straightforward character, especially when they combine that with if you were like, uh, no, thank you. They'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe another time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at him. He's not going to be lonely. No, and he doesn't like that's just not his his personality. He's not going to no. be like he's not going to like try to con- like convince you. Mm-mm. Like he made his offer, and if you said no, he's gonna be like, oh, okay, all right. But if you came I'll back see. later and were like, hey, by the way, about that offer you made before, what if we did that now? He'd probably be like, uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm not I doing got, anything right now. I got like eight minutes before I have to go on duty. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna start a firefight in like ten <laughs> minutes, and I have to be so, part of that. But I've got ten. So minutes. if you could just bend over, that'd be great. <laughs> I think this is fan fiction. Wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually writing it in my head right now, so. <laughs> this is what all uh, Peacemaker fan fiction looks like. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I would like to, no offense is meant, but I would like to make sure everyone understands that when I say that, I mean that it is fan fiction about the television show Peacemaker and not necessarily mm-hmm. the character of Peacemaker himself. Sorry, yeah. John Cena. It's just not my thing. No, no, no. Not at all. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry. You I think very that- nice. This is a good place to yeah, stop. Let me apologize to John Cena. <laughs> for not finding him sexy. Yeah, I just, I can't. <laughs> sorry, sir. He, he doesn't, he doesn't do it for me. I think he's very funny and charming. Yeah, but no. no, you seem great. We could hang out. I absolutely not attracted to him physically at all. And particularly not as Peacemaker, because he definitely oh, would be like, let's have sex. I and when you said no. Character. When he said no, he'd be like, come on. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> ah! Yeah, he'd be the kind of guy that just whinge about it until you're like, fine. That Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what's going to inevitably happen with him and Harcourt's character. She's just yeah, like, I have, you know what? Fine. I haven't watched it, so. <laughs> you watch I saw the, No, I saw <gasps> the movie, and I just, like, I was so mad. Well, granted, but it's it. so good. It's a really good show. About what I've heard. I've heard it's really good, and I'm sure I will, but I'm just, like, I'm still kind of not over it. And that's I was fair. very much into Himbo Flag in the in the second movie. Well, yeah. I R. mean, R. yeah, that's that was the thing. I was just like, come on, can't we just have, like, one hot, dumb guy? I will <sighs> admit, since I am mother of the year, that my child mm-hmm. has seen exactly like 30 seconds of the suicide squad and it's just the scene in in the plane when they're all trying to figure out what the weasel is (laughs) that is literally the only safe for kids scene that you could show her it's because she saw a clip of it on something and she immediately recognized harley quinn whom she knows from cartoons and comic books so she was just like is that harley quinn and she likes harley (laughs) thinking that it's a werewolf Oh, sure. Yeah. She thinks anything oh. Harley Quinn does is good and appropriate, which is why she can't watch those movies. Oh, oh, <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet child. Harley is presented very differently in children's media. Yeah. Let me say, let me say that. <laughs> A whole other, whole other character. So in, in my daughter's uh, favorite uh, superhero show, Superhero Girls. Um, she and Batgirl are actually best friends when they're not in their when they're in their in their secret identities because neither of them mm-hmm. knows who the other one is. Oh, when they're Barbara and Harleen, 
mm-hmm. their best friends because they don't know their Batgirl and Harley Quinn. Oh, sure. Because you wouldn't, would you? How would you put it together? How would you right. possibly know that Harley Quinn's all is Harley <laughs> Quinn? How would you ever figure that out? Um, I mean, aside from, you know, having eyes and ears. Anyway. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Well, yeah. So this is a good place, as I said, to stop for the week. <laughs> Until I can go <laughs> Yeah, we are. We will be back next week with more God Emperor of Dune. God help us. Oh my God. <laughs> Leto, man, he's really pushing my buttons in this book. He's, there's just so much of him. Yeah. And he's, I mean, and, and it, you know, it's part of the point, but it, he's not yeah. a great character to be in, inside of. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so you guys have that to look forward to, but. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, or want to tell us what your uh, futuristic space religion would be called, you Please can reach out do. to us on, on Twitter. We're at WeirdingPod. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, I guess. Not really. Uh, um, yeah. Or, or you can always email us, weirdingpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, we like to get letters and stuff. Yeah, you got anything but, coming up? Uh, I... We'll have a piece on Servant later this month. I know that it is M. Night Shyamalan is our filmmaker of the month over at the Spool. So I took that on. I had only seen the pilot and I volunteered to watch all four seasons Good <laughs> just gravy. to write this. Yeah, um, it's a lot. It's it's actually, I have to say, not a bad show. Pretty good. Um, not a fun watch, mm-hmm. I would say. You know, uh, anyone that's ever dealt with uh, mental illness issues or especially like uh, post uh, postpartum depression or anxiety might not be able to watch it. But you could just say uh, Megan. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not <laughs> you just could just say you. Megan. Don't watch that. <laughs> you're you're far from the only person I know that's had that's, TPA yeah, yeah, yeah. or PPD. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. um but yeah, it's a good show, and I should have something up later this month on that. Nice. And I yeah. am over at the spool as well, recapping this first season, because it got renewed, of The Last Woo-hoo. of Us. Uh, I Yay. will say, for the record, I have never played the games. I know things that happen in the game, because uh, when I was in the hospital at one point, I read a bunch of Wikipedia pages, because what else sure. do you do? Uh, but I have never played the game, so... If there's stuff that I don't know or get wrong because it's not, you know, I know that it's the show. Well, you're recapping the show, not the game. Yeah, I didn't want to, like, I thought about, like, looking into it. Like, I wasn't going to play it, obviously. I didn't have time. But, um, and I was like, I don't want to spend the entire time, you know, comparing what happens in the in the games versus what happens in the show. So. Yeah, I think you're good. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's excellent. They are coming up. Episode four just aired, so we're almost halfway through this first season. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. There's scary fungus people, and I don't enjoy that. Yeah. But good show so far. I haven't yep. watched the most recent episode, but episode three was, holy shit. Oh, my God. Tearjerker. I wept. Yeah. I cried a lot. And just, as we said, we've, we're going to say this a lot, I have a feeling. Nick Offerman, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> You have a season pass. You have a season pass to this ass. The impeccably named Megan Mullally is going to come and find you. Um, 
I think she's aware. She's aware. She, oh, she's that, aware. I mean. That she's married. Yeah. They're both aware that they're both married to a total smoke show. Mm-hmm. And did I tell you how much of his stand-up was dedicated to going down on his wife? Like, it was a lot. Yeah. I was like, Nick Offerman, hello. <laughs> <laughs> This well, was right. right after Parks and Rec went off, so this he like did the little Sebastian song on stage and everything. Amazing. He's like, I promised you there would be nudity and takes off his shirt. And I was like, okay, it's that kind of show. <laughs> Very good performance. You just put that you... clip from Deadwood that everyone put on Twitter yeah. on the screen. I might. <laughs> <laughs> well... So that's going to do it for us this week, everyone. Until next time, be nice. Take Take your your spice. spice. Bye.